I have a confession to make. It's my guilty pleasure in the form of a TV show. My guilty pleasure is a television show called Long Island Medium. Yeah, some of you have heard of it, I see. It features Teresa Caputo, a medium. And Teresa Caputo complains that she can communicate with the dead, the loved ones of the people she meets who have passed on, that she has the power of divination. Divination is the practice of seeking knowledge of the future or the unknown by supernatural means. And I have to tell you, even though I'm getting my degree in divinity, I have learned painfully little about divination, in seminary anyway. So perhaps that explains why when I watch this show, there are multiple mysteries that vex me. First mystery, the obvious question, can she really communicate with the dead? How does she know all these intimate details about her clients and the loved ones who have passed? Or is she just a good talker, a performer? My second layer of mysterious, mysterious questions that I wonder about, do I believe divination is real? If I do, how does that fit into my theology? How does it fit into what I believe? And do the people who get the readings from Teresa, do they believe in her divination powers? Why are they so willing to set aside the rational and the reasonable to believe in a mystery? And then for me, the most important question that I ask myself as a pastor and as a chaplain, as someone invested in trying to help people through struggle and pain in life, the thing that fascinates me, that holds my attention with every very predictable episode of this show, what I look for, what captivates me is the clear and the palpable relief expressed and felt on the faces of the people who receive messages of forgiveness, of love, of grace from their loved ones who have passed. Because even if Teresa Caputo is a fraud, their healing, their relief, their need is real. That authentic healing that is created by divination, that is the mystery that preoccupies me. So I can't even enjoy my guilty pleasure television show without questioning and seeking and probing reality and encountering mystery. And I'm not alone. We are a wondering people. Certainly Unitarian Universalists are. I have even heard it suggested that perhaps we should have used a question mark rather than a chalice to symbolize our faith. <laughs> Jennifer Hecht in her book, Doubt, A History, says this of our human questioning natures. We have an obsessive desire to understand things. Our brains seem to take whole of life as a big puzzle. Puzzles in the human world usually have solutions. But we spend our entire lives working on this intriguing mystery, and we do not have any reason to expect ever to be presented with a solution, or even that there is one. The French philosopher Gabriel Marcel wrote about the difference between problems and mysteries. 
as did the great offbeat poet and student of Buddhism, Alan Watts. Both pointed out that problems must be solved, but mysteries, mysteries should be enjoyed. And that perhaps we would be happier if we regard the mystery of the universe and its self-existence as a mystery. Let me say that again. And that we would be happier if we regard the universe and existence itself as mysteries. But more commonly, the world strikes human beings as something to be figured out. And yet comes no solution. As Unitarian Universalists, we take this role as problem solvers very seriously in our social justice work and in our search for meaning. We are not afraid to ask hard questions in life or in faith. Free inquiry is actually a cornerstone of our religion, and we believe that curiosity and reason is a virtue and a gift. We call ourselves seekers, and we endeavor to find meaning together in a questioning faith. No authority, no doctrine or custom or social convention is beyond scrutiny in our collective faith journeys. My teaching pastor, Reverend Suzelle Lynch, states, we know that both science and religion deal in the realm of uncertainty, though they ask different things of us regarding that uncertainty. Science asks us to probe the uncertainty, to try and reduce the mystery in terms we understand, to treat it as a challenge to be overcome. Religion, especially a questioning faith such as ours, asks us to sit with uncertainty, to honor the presence of mystery in our lives, perhaps even to hold them as sacred. Where do we come from? What are we? Where are we going? Our scientific quest for understanding calls us to explain our world. Our faith calls us to love that world and all it contains, the pain, the beauty, the uncertainty, and to take action for the greater good. So we must ask ourselves, what questions should be probed and which ones are problems to be solved and which ones are mysteries to rest in and to be enjoyed? For me, it feels sometimes that even that answer can be elusive, yet another mystery. A frequent question that I ask myself is, why do I get to be a privileged, middle-class white woman in America when there are so many, many others who are suffering with poverty and oppression and racism? You know these questions. We all have them. Difficult questions, intimate questions, ones that break your heart open. Why did they have to leave? Why is there suffering? What is the right thing to do? Every one of those questions is really asking, how will I make my way through this? We all come to religion because there are experiences we can't explain. We come together and we try and make meaning of those experiences create a set of beliefs, hope they will sustain us. I wanted to talk to an expert on mystery of beliefs, so I called Casey Carlson. 
Casey is a third degree Wiccan priestess, which means she's a really smart witch. She's also my sister-in-law, <laughs> and she spoke these wise, world, these wise words. Some people believe in a blue guy in a sarong. Some people believe in a magic elephant man. Some choose a one-eyed guy with a magic arm ring. Others like the emu Middle Eastern guy in the floaty toga. Some believe things are designed by a giant explosion. Others have faith in ones and zeros floating in space. Particles turning into waves when you're not looking. And creatures so tiny that no one has actually ever seen them. If your beliefs make you kind and compassionate and generous, if they increase your ability to help other people in real ways, then they are by definition correct for you. If they do not do those things, they are by definition incorrect for you. Pick the dancing 36-armed hermaphrodite or the mysterious particles of string or the one that doesn't want you to name it. I don't care. If that system makes you kind and compassionate and generous, you're right. Everything works for someone. Nothing works for everyone. This mystery of belief is abundant in the month of December, a month filled with religious holidays from Hanukkah, Bodhi Day, Solstice, Kwanzaa, Christmas, and more. All the different ways people find their way through the mystery. Bodhi Day, a time to celebrate Buddha's enlightenment under a Bodhi tree after years of suffering, a gift he will try and teach the world through spiritual practice and intentionality. Hanukkah, a time to remember a miraculous victory over oppression, people returning to their temple, gathering together to celebrate their faith, and a mysterious flame that burns bright for days. Solstice, honoring the darkest, shortest day, and stopping to remember that each day forward from winter solstice, even on the coldest of winter days, offers us a little more sunlight. Christmas, the birth of a child, the hope for a peace that the child could teach us all. Kwanzaa, a celebration to honor a rich heritage and culture almost lost from a people who carry both Africa and America in their souls. It's as if the whole world agreed on just one thing, and that was, let's celebrate something mysterious in December. And we can choose to question and to probe the religious and the historical facts, the consumerist bad habits of our culture and more. In fact, I think we should. But let us also pause to recognize the mystery of this time of year that we are all a part of. After all, is that just a conifer with lights on it? Or is it something more? Is it a connection to a past, to a family, to our ancestors, our hopes for peace on earth and goodwill towards all? We must ask ourselves, when do we get to rest in the mystery? 
Those people who go to Teresa Caputo and get those messages full of grace and love and forgiveness from their loved ones, they're choosing to rest in the mystery. I believe that's why it works. Because Teresa's methods might be more dodgy than divine. But the message that she brings is true. You are not alone. You are loved. You are worthy. Another guilty pleasure of mine is listening to this song I love whenever I need to be called back into the present moment, into gratitude, when I know that I am taking my privilege and the grace that all this life offers for granted. The song is called May I Suggest by the musician Susan Warner. Sometimes I need to hear it when I'm sad or overwhelmed or confused about my place and my purpose in the world, and it always reminds me of my blessings and to rest in the mystery. And today, because Patty, she can sing, (laughs) we get to share it together. May I suggest, may I suggest to you, may I suggest this is the best part of your life. May I suggest this time is blessed for you. This time is blessed and shining almost blinding bright. Just turn your head and you'll begin to see the thousand reasons that are just beyond your sight. The reasons why why I suggest to you, why I suggest this is the best part of your life. There is a world that's been addressed to you, addressed to you intended only for your eyes. It's a secret world, like a treasure chest to you of private scenes and brilliant dreams that mesmerize. A tender lover's smile, a tiny baby's hand, the million stars that fill the turning skies at night. Oh, I suggest, yes, I suggest to you, Yes, I suggest this is the best part of your life. There is a hope that's been expressed in you. The hope of seven generations, maybe more. This is the faith that they invest in you. It's that you'll do one better than was done before. Inside you know, inside you understand. Inside you know what's yours to finally set right. And I suggest, 
Yes, I suggest to you. Yes, I suggest this is the best part of your life. This is a song comes from the West to you. Comes from the West, comes from the slowly setting sun. This is a song with a request of you to see how very short the endless days will run. And when they're gone, and when This song is a tool, a kind of spiritual practice that helps me and now you know that all the joy and the sorrow and the wisdom we have known and will know in our lifetime can be conjured by accepting the invitation of the moment to recognize all the blessings in life. Whatever you believe, Hold on to love, serve love, rest in love, love the ultimate mystery that connects us and the only magic that I fully believe in. The first source of our Unitarian Universalist faith is the direct experiencing experience of that transcending mystery and wonder, affirmed in all cultures, which moves us to a renewal of the spirit and an openness to the forces that create and uphold life. So may I suggest that this December, that we take the time to rest a bit amongst the holiday chaos, gifts, myths, and family dynamics to count our blessings to honor and feel them in our bones. And though we are driven to constantly probe a mystery that we may never fully know, may you rest in the holiness and the wholeness of yourself, ever-growing, never complete. You are enough. You are not alone. You are loved you are worthy. We are constantly, quietly, and suddenly moving forward in time and space. What and who we are in this moment, it will never be again. Rest in that mystery. And in the mystical North Pole magical dust. And in the space between the fingers, that might connect in kindness and in love this December.
Blessed be. Ashe. Shalom. And amen. Now please rise in body and spirit and let us sing together hymn number 389. Gathered here. We'll sing it through three times.